Good morning, everyone. My name's Dave, one of the ministers here, and it's great to be with you to preach the Word of God. Uh, if you've got, just flick back to 1 John, if you've got your Bibles there in front of you, uh, it'd be good to see that as we're going through. We'll look at Ephesians as well, but I'll put those up on the screen. Uh, and as we uh, are opening God's Word together, I'll lead us in prayer. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for your Word that you would speak to us, that we might know you and salvation through Christ. Uh, so we pray, teach us now. Uh, as we listen uh, and give us hearts that uh, listen well uh, and respond with repentance and faith uh, to serve you with our whole lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, So we are up to week three of the vision series. Uh, If you've been along, you'll know that. Uh, This is a time for us to remember God's great plan for us and for our world, uh, to recognise the place that God has given us in those plans and purposes, uh, and just to see how that impacts uh, who we are and all we do individually, but also as a church. A vision series is a great time for us to be doing that. And so we've tried to kind of capture the essence of that uh, in our vision statement. All right, so chips and chat guys, get ready to answer one of your questions. Our vision is seeing lives transformed through Jesus. What is the vision of our church? Seeing lives transformed through Jesus. So write that down. So I'm going to ask you later. Okay, all right. And the two main ways, the two main ways we see that happening uh, is through uh, growing disciples. Uh, so that is both making, so the uh, people becoming Christians, becoming disciples of Jesus, uh, but then also uh, not leaving them there, but growing them up uh, toward maturity in Christ. So making and growing disciples. And, and then we break that down further to think about how does that happen among us Uh, And so we have then the discipleship pathway, which goes from connecting and evangelism uh, through welcoming and togetherness, uh, growing and serving. And and so it's those four areas that we're covering in our vision series this time around. Uh, We started with welcoming together as we looked at uh, God gathering a people for himself uh, through Christ and around him, the church. Uh, That is why we gather. That is why we come together and do life together. Last week, we then looked at how God grows us, the God who gathers his people, also grows his people, uh, and that great goal that he has to grow us to a maturity in Christ until that is complete. And this week, we're looking at serving. Um, And it's just good to recognise up front that it has a connection to last week, to growing. Um, Last week, we had that focus on growing uh, ourselves, so focus on ourselves and how we grow as Christians. Uh, and this week is about how we serve the growth of others. Right? So not just growing ourselves, but how do I serve the growth of other people uh, in, in my church? Uh, and that's the way we need to think about serving as Christians. I don't know what comes to your mind when you think about serving. Uh, maybe you think about filling rosters. Uh, maybe you think about just sharing the load so no one has too much burden on themselves. It's got to spread it out. Or maybe you think about just running the church. We need to run the church, so we have to do things so this place stays open. And all those things are happening, but it's not the place to focus on when we think about serving. Serving is much bigger than that. Serving is about God's ultimate plan and purpose and goal for us and for our world. Right, serving is about serving the growth of others toward maturity in Christ. That's the focus of our serving, because that's God's focus 
in our serving. And so we all have a part to play in this. Everyone, every part of, of God's people, his body, have a part to play in serving. And so we have this great tool to help us think about where we're up to and what's my next step, and that is the serving pathway. Uh, this is in the booklet you got today, uh, which we'll look at a bit later. Uh, but this is just uh, a way for you to cons- you know, consider your specific circumstances, um, but then to think about where am I up to uh, on this serving pathway and, and what's my next step. And so we've got at the start there, not yet serving, uh, which we are all at at some stage. You might have just become a Christian, you might have just started coming along to church, uh, and you are not yet serving, uh, and that is okay. It is okay to be there, but you don't want to stay there as well. Uh, you want to serve. And so then we have first-time service. So those who step out in service in some way, um, you get your first taste, you're finding your feet, that is great. Uh, we all have to cross that threshold at some point uh, to begin to serve other people. And then we, we might become regular servers, uh, maybe in different ways over many years. And, and you're, you're regular, you're reliable, uh, you are responsible. Uh, many of us are there uh, in, in, that, in that place. And then there's also extended servers. And I was thinking, well, how do, we, how do you think about if I'm an extended server? And I thought one great test was uh, when the non-Christian people in your life begin to notice. They begin to notice that, you know, you're not at the family barbecue Sunday because you're at church or you can't go out to that party on Friday night because you are at youth group serving there or, or some other way. And they say, hey, why are you spending so much time at church? Why are you giving so much time and energy uh, to those people? Right, because I think, you know, uh, the non-Christians in our lives, they can understand a certain level of commitment, you know, because obviously your, your faith, your religion means something to you. So I can understand a certain level of commitment, but, but what you're doing is just above and beyond reasonable. You're taking this Christian stuff way too seriously. I think when, when the non-Christians in your life think that or say that, that's when you know you're extending yourself in service. But that's also one of the challenges to serving, isn't it? There's a number of challenges, but uh, you know, one is that serving goes against our sinful inclinations to serve ourselves. We're very selfish naturally because of our sin, right? And, and it takes time and effort to serve. It takes us away from other things we could be doing. And not only that, but if we're going to serve Jesus in our world, it's going to bring opposition from the world. Because right? it really cuts against the grain of our world. It goes against the flow. And so if you're serving and extending yourself, you're going to face lots of temptations to stop or to slow down or just not be so serious about all this Jesus stuff. Right? So how do we keep going and keep growing as servants of Jesus? Well, how do we do it with joy uh, and with energy and with endurance? Uh, that's what we want to think about today. That's what we want to answer. How do we do that? And so I've got an outline for us. The answer is we must first know Jesus who lovingly served us. And then we must know ourselves as those in Christ who lovingly serve others. And we must know that God's purpose for our service is that Christ's body would grow and continue to grow. And so that's the outline. Uh, if you've got your Bibles, keep them open at 1 John. Because first of all, we, we must know Jesus who lovingly served us if we are going to be servants. Now we must start here because this is the reason 
that we serve. Right, and in Jesus' day, serving was not something that you chose to do. It was something you did if you had no choice. As Raluca showed us, it was, that, it was that meek and lowly work, like waiting tables or washing people's feet. Right? It, it, wasn't, it wasn't great. Right? But Jesus made it great. Right, so have a look at Luke 22. For who is greater, the one who is at the table or the one who serves? And of course, the people are thinking, oh, the one at the table. But Jesus said, it, it is not the one who is at the table. But I am among you as one who serves. So Jesus made serving great. And and the reason? Jesus came as a servant. And he came to serve our greatest need. It wasn't feet washing, right? It was was sin washing. Jesus came to serve that need. I love the story in Mark chapter 2 when I think about uh, what is our greatest need. In Mark chapter 2, Jesus is in a crowded room uh, teaching people and he's so famous and so popular because he's healing everyone. And these friends bring their paralysed friend to Jesus and lay him in front of him, wanting him to heal his legs. And everyone in the room knows that's what he's there for. That's what he needs. Uh, But Jesus sees in him a greater need. And so Jesus does this amazing and surprising thing and he says, Son, your sins are forgiven. Jesus said that because that was a greater need of his, unforgiven sin. He also healed his legs, of course. But unforgiven sin was the greater need. And that is the the need that Jesus came to serve for us. Right, Jesus, that's what he came to do on the cross. Now, now have a look at 1 John. We'll jump into that now. And we'll we'll see this here. Right, John says, This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. We didn't love God. That's the first thing to notice. We didn't love God. We, We turned from him in our sin. And so we deserve God's wrath for that, which is death which is his eternal punishment. We don't deserve his love, but he loved us still and he showed that he loved us by sending his son. He sent his son so that we might not die, but so that we might live through him. And how did he do that? Well, he did it through the cross. He sent Jesus to be the atoning sacrifice for our sin. You can see there. That is to to take his sin upon himself, to suffer the punishment that we deserved, to die in our place, and in doing that, he he turned the wrath of God away from us. He brought forgiveness for our sin, so that great need of unforgiven sin uh, could be wiped clean, and we could be those who are forgiven and come to God. Right? This is how Jesus served our greatest need. And he, again, he didn't do it because we deserved it or because we had earned it in some way, but because of his great love, his gracious and merciful and amazing love for us. Uh, this is how Jesus served us. This is where we must start because this is the reason that we serve. Right? Because Jesus lovingly served us in this way, uh, we serve others. So next point, we lovingly serve others. And 
Look, John is making this connection for us in this passage. I don't know if you saw it, but he, he, he makes a sandwich, right? Who likes sandwiches? I do, uh, especially with a bit of meat in the middle. Um, sorry to the vegos out there. But we have here a sandwich, right? We have the meat in the middle, which is God's love for us in Christ. And then we have the bread on either side, which is John giving these commands that we love one another. So have a look at verse 7 and verse 11, either side of what we just read. It says, dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. And then verse 11, dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Now you might hear some people say, you know, why do we need to love others? Can't we just love God? Isn't that enough? Can't I just say my prayers to God and thank him and praise him in my bedroom? Can't I just watch sermons online now? You know, can't I just listen to City of Light on Spotify, praise God that way? Can't I just read my Bible on my own in my Bible reading plan? Isn't that, can't I just love God? Why have to love others as well? Well, the, the reason is, and I think what John's showing us here is because anyone who, who genuinely loves God or has been loved by God will love others. Those two go together. And so he gives us two reasons. He, he attaches two reasons to these two commands to love one another. So in verse 7, he says, We love because everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Right, that Christian who has been born again as a child of God, they've been made new. They are a new creation right, with new loves and new desires. Right, and and this, is, this is one of the true things. Uh, like it or not, children grow to come, become like their parents, don't they? Yes. Uh, here's my boys, uh, Xavier and Caleb. And look, they had no choice. They were always going to be Panther fans because they are, they are my sons. And so they must grow to be like their father. And uh, this, is, this is what it's like as Christians. We are children of our Father in heaven who, who loves and who gives. And we're going to grow to become like him. Well, we, we, are, we are like Christ who is a servant. And so we're going to grow to be servants like Christ. Uh, we are filled with the spirit of God. And that spirit is turning us out from ourselves toward others away from selfish, self-serving to the, to the love and service of others. This is who we are. And so that is, that is who we will be as God grows us in that way. And so the second reason that we love one another, John gives us, is in verse 12 where he says we, we love others because no one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. So this is, this is actually, you're saying an amazing thing here. And, and you might hear people say sometimes, you know, what is the big reason people don't believe in God? They can't see him. They'll say, you show me God, I'll believe in God. You show me some evidence for God, then I'll believe in God. But I can't see him, therefore I'm not going to believe in him. But what John is saying here is that those people actually, if they would open their eyes, they can see God. Right, John tells them where to look. Look to God's people. Look to the church. Because when we love one another, that is because God lives in us and is working through us and he's displaying his love through the love of his people. So the amazing thing is that people can see the love of God today in the love of God's people. 
And so that, those are two reasons to, to lovingly serve others because it is who we are, it is who God has reborn us to be as his children and also because it's how God shows his love to us and to the world. That is why we love one another. And that finally brings us to the purpose of, of loving and serving one another is so that Christ's body grows. Uh, did you guys know Jesus in the bodybuilding? Did you guys know that? He, he, look at this. Hallowed be thy gains. Um, if you search the internet for Jesus bodybuilding, you will find a rabbit hole that is not worth going down. Um, but not that kind of bodybuilding. No, he, he's into building his body, but his body is the church. Right, his body is the church, and, and Jesus loves to build it. He builds it by bringing people in, making it bigger, uh, by bringing in new people, uh, born-again people, and, and then he builds it up into maturity as people grow to become more like Christ. And it's, it's interesting to think about, but the way that Jesus builds his body is through his body. Right, he builds his body through his body, and that's what Paul is trying to teach the Ephesians in, in Ephesians chapter 4 uh, when he says this he says but to each one of us grace has been given as Christ apportioned it and so the grace he's talking about here is the spiritual gifts uh, given by the ascended Christ to his body uh, and he, he's not just giving us the the gifting to serve he's also giving us the power to serve he's enabling that service and so he's kind of like you know at, at Christmas time when you give a gift to a kid and you also remember to give the batteries for the gift, so the gift works, right? Experience. Um, that's what he's doing. He, he, is, he is gifting us and he's giving us the power, the energy, the enabling uh, to do the thing that he has given us to do. And so uh, Christ is at work to build his body this way. And, and you notice there, it's not just like a select few of us. It's each of us. It's, it's every member of the body is doing this. So he explains that a bit further on in verse 11. Uh, so Christ himself gave, he's giving the gifts here, uh, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ might be built up. And so you can see everyone's included there. Right? There's those specially gifted leaders that the church has always had and needed and we're very thankful for. Uh, but also, their job is actually to equip all of the people for works of service, every person for works of service, to serve and love one another. And the reason is so that the body of Christ may be built up. Uh, do you remember last week um, talking about God's goal for all of us? Remember we were talking about that last week? Uh, God's goal for all of us is that we uh, grow mature in Christ from Colossians. We saw that. Well, well, that's what Jesus is doing. That's how he's building his body uh, toward that goal. And so Paul talks about that here in verse 13 when he says uh, Jesus is going to keep building his body this way until we reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And so he's talking about that growing mature uh, in Christ idea. And so this also is the focus of our serving. Um, as, as the church. Right? We, we serve together for this aim, building the church. Right? We, we want to see people become Christians. We want to make 
new disciples of Jesus, when people are going to be hearing the gospel, repenting and believing, uh, they will be saved, they'll be built into the body of Christ. Uh, But also, once they are in the body, we want to see them growing up as disciples. So as as we gather together, as we hear the word of God, as we speak the truth in love, we're being built up together uh, as the body of Christ. And that is what Jesus will continue to do until it is finished, until that full number has come in and the church is complete and Jesus will return. And that is the day uh, when it will be perfected. So summary there, we, we, uh, Jesus lovingly served us, so we lovingly serve others. And we do that to grow his body until it is complete. So the question for us then is, as we're reflecting upon that together, is not so much, you know, will I serve? That's not the question. But the question is really, how will I serve? How will I serve? Right? And so the serving pathway is really helpful for this to think about, you know, where am I up to and what is the next step for me uh, in serving with the church? And so we're going to think about each of those. So first, let's think about not yet serving. Uh, What is it for you? Well, it is time to start serving. If you're a Christian, you are part of the body of Christ. Remember, Jesus has gifted you and enabled you to serve his body so it grows. Uh, But some people are kind of like not using their gifts, let's say. It's kind of like, you know, those people that collect toys and they don't take it out of the box because they want to keep it in mint condition, right? Toy Story 2, the prospector, okay? They just keep it on the shelf, right? right? Don't be that Christian. Right? Don't be that Christian that leaves the gifts on the shelf. The gifts are given by Christ to be used, uh, to serve others, to love others. Um, now, there's, there's no kind of spiritual gift test um, that, that we can take before you start serving. Uh, the best thing to do is to just... Just start loving people. That is the best way to start serving. Just, just start seeing needs and meeting needs and just loving the people around you. Um, you can just start really simply turning up to church regularly on a Sunday. Talking to someone. Share your story, how you became a Christian. Ask them, how did you become a Christian? Share, what have you been reading in the Bible? What have you been reading in the Bible? Uh, those conversations are a way to serve one another and a great way to start uh, serving um, as the body of Christ. And then what about first-time servers? So, you know, you've stepped out, you've started, you know, you're finding your feet, that is excellent. Uh, a great example of, of a first-time server at, in our church at the moment is, is Jan and Isaac from Night Church. They just started serving our Year 8 to 10 student growth group on a Sunday Arvo. It, it's, it's a big commitment. It's their first sort of step in serving, and, and they have just found it fantastic. Right? Not only is it giving them this opportunity to serve the students and to uh, help them understand the Word of God and to apply it, um, but it's actually it's grown them in a huge way uh, as they themselves have had to understand the Word of God uh, to be able to teach the Word of God, which you'll find is really helpful uh, when you have to teach others. Uh, you learn it better yourself. And so they have grown themselves. And so uh, for first-time servers... Uh, the thing for you to be doing is, is not stopping there, but realising, well, this is how God is growing me. And so we want to keep growing in our service. If you've started, that's great, but keep growing in your service because uh, that is who we are and that is who God has called us to be. Uh, now, for our regular servers, so what about you? 
Uh, something to think about is uh, it, it's time to start making the best use of time. Right? Are you making the best use of your time? Because uh, you will know if you've been serving, uh, it, it eats into the hours that you have in the week. And there's lots of competing priorities, isn't there, uh, on your week. And so serving can easily get pushed down the list or pushed off the list. Uh, but if serving is as important as God says it is in his word, uh, we can't let that be the case. Right? Because people will always make time for things that are important to them, won't they? If something is important to you, you, you'll just make time for it. Right? If, if the gym is important for you, you make time. Okay? I see there's 24-hour gyms at the moment So because people want to go there. They'll go there at midnight. They'll go there at 5 in the morning because it is important to them to be healthy or to be fit or whatever they're doing. And so they make time for it. And we all make time for things that are important to us. If serving is as important as God says it is, and it is, uh, how are you making time for it? There's a great set of questions in the serving booklet that you've got today. And, And the very last question is probably the best one, which is, how am I making time to serve God's mission? That's a challenging question. Uh, That is a great question to reflect upon uh, and to think about and to pray through. How am I making time to serve God's mission? And then finally, for the extended servers, what about you guys? Uh, We have a great number of them here, which is uh, so thankful to God for. But I think for extended servers, it's time to remember why you serve. Because being extended, like we said, is hard. Uh, You're going to face opposition. You're going to face tiredness. Uh, the, the enemies of God are going to give you lots of reasons to, to slow down and to stop and just to take it easy. Uh, and so what is going to motivate you to keep going and to keep serving? Well, the thing, it's going to be Jesus. It's going to be keeping your eyes fixed upon Jesus who served you, remembering that. Right? Keep reminding yourself of, of who he is and what he has done and, and who that has made you to be. God has loved us. He has sent his son to serve us through the cross so we could be reconciled to him, so we could be united with Christ now and forever, part of his body. And so as, as those people, we serve like he served. So keep reminding yourself of that. And also keep reminding yourself of the reward that is coming because of that. There is a reward for serving. Not only do you get to see Uh, lives transform before your very eyes, uh, which is a wonderful gift uh, when you see people becoming Christians or growing up as Christians. That is a wonderful reward. But even more so, we have the joy of heaven to look forward to. We have the day when it is complete. We have the day when we are resurrected and perfected and with God and with all his people to look forward to. And that'll be a day when we will see the people that we have served Uh, It'll be a great joy to see them there, to see them saved, to see them happy, and to know that God used you to serve those people who are there now. That is a great joy. That is a great reward. And so as we serve, we must remember that. We must remember Christ who served us and remember that reward that is ours in him that we are working toward. And so when serving gets hard or gets tedious or gets tiring, just remember that. Right, keep looking to the reward, all of us. Keep looking to that reward. 
keep serving in the strength that God provides uh, and keep rejoicing in seeing lives transformed through Jesus. Uh, Let's pray now. Let's give thanks and pray God will do that work among us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for your love for us, uh, those who did not deserve it in the slightest, uh, but you who sent your Son uh, to give us life, to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins, uh, and to rise again, um, bringing life and forgiveness to all who trust in him. Uh, Father, we thank you that uh, you have made us new, uh, you've given us that new life, and I pray, Lord, that um, we would grow to become the servants uh, that we are in the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, to be like him. And uh, Father, we pray you would work in us by your spirit to turn us out toward others and to serve their good and their growth uh, and to build your church. And we pray, Father, keep our eyes fixed upon the Lord Jesus uh, in following him and looking to that great reward that is promised uh, for those who serve you. Uh, Lord, may that motivate us to serve with joy and with endurance as we long for you to return and bring about that perfection that you have promised. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.